0: Again. hi i'm vicki abelson and this is the r- i didn't mean to scare you you did not scare me a little I know, bit I scared this myself. is
1: vicki abelson and
0: i'm paul poundstone but
1: i can say it in a moderated tone <laughs> i'm stressed paula she's been having a lot of text stress over trying to post on twitter and get on facebook and uh you know what mark zuckerberg is not a nice guy you
0: know, but he's not a Twitter guy. I don't know. Who, who is the Twitter person? Do you know? I don't even know who the Twitter person is. I don't know who the Twitter person is, but they're no. absolutely on my shit list today. because well, we were they are. Now high. they've gone and okay, so it. Okay, so now I... I so, <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to see if this live broadcast is actually working. It, Louise, does it look... Oh, it looks... Like, see? There we are. are. We yeah. Are. Patty, Patty. says hello. Oh, So, So, oh, we're actually... Hey Patty. We're on there already. So, look hi, Patty. Pa- oh, Patty wanted me to say hello to you. Because she knows now you... from Patty, wrote Patty wrote just it. said... Patty Petro wrote to me... Peto, yeah, Peto, sure. said that she knows you from somewhere, but I don't remember where. And she t- asked me to say hello to you earlier. Thank God you're not a reporter. All right, so <laughs> I'm telling you, I have to. Trump I, said something today, and we're not sure what. Because <laughs> he was someplace when he said it? Film at eleven. I can't remember my kids' names. No, it's really scary, but it's not funny. But. When people tell you to say hello to somebody. I was going to ask you about this. What do you do when somebody says, "Oh, do you ever say hello to the person when they ask you to I say?" I try
1: hello? to when I remember, but of course that's that's sketchy. You know what I've noticed about myself lately is that I've really become quite a gossip. And part of it is because I just run out of stuff to say about myself. <laughs> It's not, like, it doesn't come from a mean place. Yeah. I just sort of run out of stuff to say about myself, and so I start chewing on other people's grass. So, you know? So are you, I, are you, like, are you chewing on the good
0: grass, or are you chewing on the...
1: Well, it depends, you know. Yeah. It de- you know, not everything is good with every person. I'll just go through, you know, I just say stuff eventually. Like, I'll tell people about, you know, other people's
0: health issues. That happened when we came in. We yeah, did hear but we I didn't did. tell you who did. You did, you did that not. Was. Oh, yeah? like we that wouldn't was, recognize. That, her. that yeah. was well, it. Was anonymous. I mean, yeah, I mean, but the way she described. Well, we person. could go to Paula's page and we could look at every picture of all of her Facebook <laughs> friends and try <laughs> to find the one who fit no, the description. You wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to. We wouldn't be <laughs> able, be able <laughs> to. <find> we wouldn't <laughs> be able to. Find we would be the
1: one with her hand in her stomach. That's what I'm I have a friend who lost. The, okay, long story short. Okay, tell the, the story. The, 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 the skin, she had an injury and the skin, she has an autoimmune problem and, and it makes the skin not grow back. And so she couldn't regrow skin on her finger. And so they sewed her hand into her stomach for 39 days. And uh, so I told, yeah, but I didn't use any names when I told the story. Okay. You, so, know, you know what they, remember when there was the um, Blue Cross hack? a couple of years ago Anthem Blue Cross hack a couple of years ago I was ago on now. Anthem actually yeah I was too and they th- found they th- they think it was the Chinese who did it which means that um, it, which means
0: that. <laughs> okay, now my thing is frozen. Are we actually recording? Yeah. Are people like are bubbles going up? Yeah. Okay, because no, no, mine is the thing is not <laughs> happening. Yeah. yeah. You know what is? Because we mentioned China. <laughs> as soon as we <laughs> mentioned China, they
1: start. They they've had it out for me. No. So what this means is because so, yeah. I am Anthem Blue Cross and what this means is okay. that they, uh, in China they know that I'm low on vitamin A, <laughs> which just. <laughs> It's an invaded feeling. Do you know what I mean? So the other day I was eating at P.F. Chang's and I said to the waiter, I'll need the low sodium uh, And he says, I know. No, that's what I said. I go, but you know that already. Yeah. It's
0: just an uncomfortable feeling, you know. All right, so 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 let, I want to go back to this gossip thing about. Yeah. So you keep it anonymous, though. So you you. Not, mean, always. not always. Not always.
1: I just fill time with words. That's what I do. Yeah, but that's you're
0: you're really good with the words.
1: Well, no, I mean, on st- I don't tell I don't talk about my neighbors on stage, but I just mean when I'm talking to other people, I realize that sometimes I feel so responsible for. Keeping up the conversation. I guess, although maybe the other person wants to talk, I'm not certain. <laughs> I, I, okay. I hog the conversation, and I do feel this need to sort of. So anyway, run out of stuff to say about myself because my day
0: is. Not I want to hear. That all right, exciting. so t- tell us about it. Because when we drove up, we yeah. heard we heard the drums. Yeah, and I thought it was your neighbor, but it was actually Paula. The drumsticks aren't here anymore. You no, know, I moved to the drumsticks. Okay, so I put them in their proper
1: place because I I do take drum lessons and I have OCD. <laughs>
0: So they're in their <laughs> proper place right now. There's there are many things in this house, but everything's in its proper place. There are there mostly although I'm noticing that the the the, cell, page,
1: the cells on the wall are crooked. I've tried
0: not to I I, I just saw the one. Louise, I think it was your the chair mm-hmm. or the cat. Could you straighten that yeah, cell so yeah, it yeah, doesn't drive Prince, Paula crazy Prince while we're John sitting here? Yeah. Cells a little crooked. So so tell us about a day in Paula Poundstone's life.
1: No, see that's why I end up talking about my neighbor, uh is that a day in my life is really you know, boy, I just on what was it Saturday night? Yeah, I did a a, a, a benefit for the um, uh, San Jose Opera. Okay, and uh, I was on stage with opera singers. And oh. um, part of the reason did I you sing, w- I did not sing. Part oh. of the reason I, I was invited is because it was sort of funny having me on stage <laughs> with opera singers because I'm so not opera. I have to say it was spectacularly beautiful music. It was lovely. But I told the audience right from the start, I said, you know, the reason I'm not really an opera person is it's just so remote. It's so distant, you know? I mean, it's often in other languages for one thing, but even with the translation, you know, it's not, like, if there was an opera song... It's not accessible. If there was an opera song about someone vacuuming their car... (laughs) and finding, like, the mat that goes behind the passenger seat had crinkled, and then they uncrinkle it, and it crinkles back up again by itself because it's been crinkled for so long. And, or they have, like, there's a Kleenex underneath the seat that no matter which, no matter how much you move the seat or use the hose underneath, you still can't reach it. That would be, to me, a powerful song that I would relate to. Or that you know, I'm on my way out of the house to go to work or an appointment, and 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 I step in cat pee and I have to back up and cl- and clean the cat pee and wonder which cat it was this time. Well, let's let's t- let's
0: tell me. them about your cats. Let's tell them about who lives here with you. Well, I have, oh, this is okay, so come here on go. Theo. come here. I have 14 cats. 14 cats in the house. How many dogs? Sirius is the only dog. Sirius no, no. is my only dog. Yeah. Sirius is the yeah, only I dog. I had a dog named Ramona, and and, and
1: and she died at Thanksgiving, and it wasn't. I don't cook. So it, was, <laughs> it, was, it wasn't You didn't that. kill her. She no, she just stopped functioning. But um, so now I'm trying to get a, a, a new German Shepherd puppy from Westside uh, Shepherd Rescue. Um, but I filled up. Well, you know, Okay. Like, I know with cats, there's a kitten season. So if you go to the pound right now wow. in April, yeah. yeah there's, there's likely, there may be a handful of kittens. But if you go to the pound in July, it's covered in kittens yeah there's a kitten how, how long did,
0: how long did, does it take for a pregnant cat to have kittens do you know i'm, like, well, sure. I'm wondering like when they're having Feel all that sex C-section. like when are they when, when um, are they having all that sex when are cats I don't, yeah i don't know apparently yeah, going around cat, cats
1: cats have like a sex schedule whereas i think and dogs just have sex constantly sex. and i told the german Shepherd rescue people i said you know what It doesn't have to be a purebred. I I mean, I don't want it to be like part chihuahua because that's just weird. Um, But it doesn't have to be. I like a mix. Like my dog, Sirius, he's part German Shepherd, but he's a mix with something else. But, you know, dogs have sex so much and with so many things that you can actually get like a German Shepherd footrest. You can get, like, you can get a so mixture of a german, so, a german shepherd
0: shin They so, love tend to be friendly so, yeah very so friendly so now what you have 14 cats and a dog what how do you get to the point where you say okay it's time for a dog it's like time to go get another dog like, oh well what? the
1: dog thing is because i did have two german shepherd mixes and my, and and my dog ramona died and she was the pack leader and so Sirius is not quite sure what to do with himself anymore. Now, getting a puppy isn't going to solve that problem because, uh, because the puppy clearly won't be the pack leader either. But I just think it would be good for... You know, Sirius used to go in the backyard and, and, and he'd pick up a toy. And my other dog, because the other dog was the pack leader, would like dash after him and beat the fuck out of him for picking up the toy. <laughs> and Sirius thought that was great... You know, he thought there was so much fun. So there was a challenge to be, you know, toss a toy for him, and no one runs after him. He's like, "Well, what am I supposed to do with the felt duck?" <laughs> he doesn't really know. So
0: I think, uh, uh, yeah. So I think I, I need, I need. He needs. He, he uh, needs so guide. He needs but he needs a you know, if, it, if it's a, it, so, and if it's an sometimes a puppy can just be a leader. Are leaders born or are they made? What do you, are, pe- are leaders born or made? What do you think?
1: Well, you know, I put my dog Ramona in the scouts.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And although she doesn't like
1: gay dogs now, (laughs) she can tie a knot.
0: Oh, my <laughs> God, that dog could make a fire. <laughs> all right, so now I can't see anything on this thing. It's not showing me. So, Louise, I need you to watch because this Louise, is... Louise, are we still going? Are we still, like... Yeah, we are have we Charlie still, Whitehouse, Bruce Allen, Dichter.
1: So, people... I
0: love Charlie Whitehouse. Oh, that's... He's one of my favorite people in the whole world. Yeah. So, tell Paula who else is on there. So, maybe well, there's other... Fam- maybe there's people she doesn't like on there. And, and she'll no, tell she us likes that, too. No, everyone here. No, so... I am, I'm, okay. I'm pretty good. All her together. 14... Well, 13 of them... The 14 cats are watching. So, so, There's one cat so, that's just not that interesting. Just not so, that interested. So, all right, before before we start talking from the past and come forward. I love Charlie Whitehouse. So, that's so sweet, Paula. And and I just I want Charlie to
1: know that I'm, I'm in close contact with Alicia now. There. It's a little private thing. Oh, yeah. Now I'm intrigued. Yeah. It's okay. just a mutual friend of ours that neither one of us had seen for a long time. And oh. I just want Charlie Whitehouse to
0: know I'm in close contact with Alicia and we often speak of you in very favorable terms. So is Charlie saying anything to all of that? Charlie... Because um, we, want, we want to have the conversation go full circle if, if he's talking yeah. back to Paul, oh gosh, gosh, look at all this I technology, can, I what can, can be done. here? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Paula, when we came in here, Paula's book, The Totally Unscientific Study of the Search for Human Happiness, which came out last year, hysterical, she came to Women Who Write, and she um, she read some, and it's coming out in paperback in like a few weeks, and she gonna, she's going to be back to Women Who Write May 29th, I was announcing it yesterday, people were going nuts, but... Tell us about we need what you to aim higher. <laughs> tell us about what you just got nominated for. This is really I'm, exciting. Uh, <laughs> now, most people, uh, all right, no, no
1: disrespect to the audience, but many people don't even know such an award thing exists. But there is uh, 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 audiobooks. Have uh, awards and it's called the Audies, A-U-D-I-E-S, not O-D-D-I-E-S. <laughs> and uh, although I would definitely get an O-D-D-I-E-S or an O-C-D. Yeah, I would get an O-C-D-I-E-S. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, anyway, so my 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 book was uh, my audio the audio version of my book. Um, was nominated uh, in the humor category, which is lovely and flattering and, and nice. Not under and, the opera, though. And then, no, it's not. It's, it missed it on the opera. But then it was also nominated for uh, Audiobook of the Year, which came as a great shock to me. Now, Fantastic. there are other, um, there are headier content books, I think, <laughs> in the uh, Audiobook of the Year. Like One of them was, who's, this is terrible, but who's the woman who wrote... Um, Okay, what's the one with the women with the bonnets? Oh, I love the way you're
0: making fun oh, of me. Handmaid's Tale. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay, is Margaret, <laughs> the one with At- the Margaret
1: woman Atwood Margaret Atwood? Yes. Yeah. Okay. One of the books, <laughs> one of the audiobooks nominated was a Margaret Atwood book. So oh. I'm telling you this by way of saying, although I'm flattered, very flattered to be nominated. Clearly, I don't need to
0: clear a space on a shelf. <laughs> Hey, I don't, I think the the, the humor one, there. there's not going to be any question about. And if I, it could, there were some we good comedy cool. books out there. but I have I'm a not...
1: question. Hold up the book for a moment. Wait, Louise okay. has a question. So when you, when you recorded... Do you normally audiobook. let
0: Louise ask questions? We, we do, we do. I do. When we you do. recorded the audiobook, were you wearing a lab coat? Because I think that makes it more... <laughs> I was... Scientific. I was,
1: I, no, I, but it's the totally unscientific study of the search for human habits. I ah, did not wear a lab coat during okay. the record, and uh, as I say in the very beginning of the book, no dolphins were harmed <laughs> in, the, How about in cats? the writing of this book. No cats were harmed either. One of the chapters, because. My book is a series of experiments, doing things that I or
0: other people thought would make me happy, and every like chapter in weight, the f- like, which is the one I need to reread now. Because the, you yes, did it, you, you, you did it, yeah, I did. Uh-huh.
1: Uh, and then actually, I went, but you know, I stopped after I finished writing the chapter for science <laughs> because when I went on to the next experiment I needed to isolate the variables so and as I suspected (laughs) at the time I had lost the first chapter was the get fit experiment and I did I lost 12 pounds and as I suspected um once I stopped working out they came back and they brought their friends (laughs) (laughs) the 12 pounds oh my gosh yeah so uh but I um gosh cat hair all over me um I wonder why
0: Paul, oh, would you would you tell cat. them how you sli- I Can we talk about how you slip? That was that a secret that you told me before? No, it's not a secret. The, I have s- no secrets because I can never stop talking. So there the, are no secrets. This is this is my favorite thing that I, that I know about you. so My far kid's
1: far. preschool teacher knows that when I get cold, the fat on my hips itch. <laughs>
0: I can never stop talking. Sorry. Okay, so so tell everybody, so Paula has this lovely house. It has many rooms in it. It has lots yeah. of things. I rent. <laughs> and 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 her bedroom is, you know, has room for things. It has a treadmill in there and other things. And where do you sleep, Paula? I sleep on the floor beside the treadmill. Uh, I don't with, know. Did, there, did, you, notice, did you notice there was
1: no. No, no air mattress, I sleep with a sheet on the wood floor and then I put blankets over top of me. And, uh, and this is by choice. choice. Yeah.
0: How did you discover that this was the way you like to sleep? Did you, were your parents really mean to you? No, not that I know of. Okay.
1: Um, unless something happened during the coma. <laughs> um, <laughs> I. Uh, what no, made you started sleeping high school, I started sleeping on the floor. This, okay, this is a true and creepy story. And my, uh, I, I was, one night, I, I would sleep outside sometimes, just beside the house, in a sleeping bag, just under the stars. And one night, um, I went to sleep, and I woke up, and my, my sister, my older sister had been babysitting down the street. And when I woke up, she was standing over me, dropping breadcrumbs. And I woke up and I was so annoyed because I was tired. I said, "What are you doing?" And she goes, "Well, there's a raccoon that comes out here sometimes." What? And she and I was so exhausted that I fell back asleep while she. I, like I didn't. Even she have was trying to get I, the raccoon I, go in I didn't even have time to cope with the annoyance of someone nutty enough to be doing that. I fell asleep before taking care of it. I think she had left before I, I fell asleep again. She had left, but the bread was still all over me. I went to sleep when I woke up in the morning, there was no bread on oh, me. Oh, no, the raccoon ate yeah. the bread so off me. I think a raccoon sleep- ate bread off me. And that's, <laughs> I've slept on the floor ever since. <laughs> <laughs> There's no connection between those two stories, but I have uh, I don't rude. know, you can't fall out a floor. I mean, if I'm so wait, a hotel, if you go, stay stay in a hotel, I was just going to say, so if you go to a hotel, you're on the road a lot. I am on the road a lot. So half the week I stay in a hotel bed, unless if I've ever had like the flu or something while I was on the road, then I take the sheets off the bed and sleep on the floor. Because, um, you know, when you have body aches, uh, uh, like a bed that's... When you have body aches, just a solid, flat, immobile floor is is better. Really? You don't know that? No. Yeah, yeah. When you have body aches, you don't want, like, all that squishy stuff happening. You don't want, you know, you don't want to have your... Yeah, you
0: want a just nice, solid... Wow, and and can you like sleep like straight through the night, like on the floor? You're you're sleeping? Jesus, no. (laughs) No, no, I don't sleep through the night anyway on a bed, so. Yeah, no, no. Sleeping through the night is over when you're like 30, I think.
1: Well, here, okay, all right, speaking of strange uh, traits, so I'm told, I set my alarm clock uh, for four times a night to wake me up. Why do you do that? I love to fall asleep. That you don't like to fall asleep? Don't you love
0: this falling This is asleep? just the strangest conversation yeah, I, I have ever had. I love falling
1: asleep. And if what? you go to sleep and you just wake up in the morning, then you, don't get, to fall, then you don't get to fall asleep anymore. Yeah, no, I so, hate falling asleep. Oh, yeah. I li- See, but the, here's the difference between me and most people. I'm exhausted most of the time. I, okay. I work
0: like a, like a dog, so to speak. And so, uh, what are you okay? So, I asked you that. So, what's a day? So, what are you doing that's that you're working like a dog? Well, let me think. Um, well, first of all, uh, this stuff right, Twitter stuff that we really
1: don't need to be doing, but has become a, a part of you know the, the, the god awful self
0: promotion train. <laughs> uh, I have to do that. Let me think. What I do? Let me use today. Okay, let's as use an today. Example. Right. So, um, how much ma- did so? What time did you go to sleep on your floor last night? Around, Are you not around midnight,
1: maybe okay, something not, okay. not too bad,
0: okay, yeah, something like that, and you set your alarm for what kind of intervals to wake you up?
1: Well, it's for the last um two hours, actually, I set it four times during the last two
0: hours, oh, so you just you just like the experience of oh, I can go back to sleep, yes. Okay, that's... Yeah. Big, but but it's I mean, like it more could be any, any time. time. But sure. I mean, you don't do it for like 3 o'clock in the morning. You don't wake yourself up at 3 o'clock in the morning. No. Okay. Something so. else generally does, but no, okay. it's that last... 14 cats. Part of thinking, right. Right. Scratching at my door. yeah. Like yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so so you like the slow wake-up. That makes sense to me. I get that. Okay, so you wake up this morning. What time do you get up? Um, I think I wake up at 7.20. 7:20 yes. was the final, the fourth wake up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So wake up should,
1: at 7:20. Let's yeah. see. I sift the litter boxes. I feed the cats. Um, I pack up a a, 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 a little day pack, uh, and I grab my dog, and we walk uh, 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 just about half a mile to a nursing home um, on uh, this morning where I volunteer for like Aww. Know, a couple hours. Uh, and what, what do you do? You, the, I, I do, started do do? doing it. I keep yeah. pointing to this book because I started volunteering at the nursing home for one of the experiments in my book. It's the Get Up and Help experiment um, where I did volunteer work. And um, uh, That has to be a couple of years ago because it's it, before you wrote the book, right? Right. It was a couple of years ago. Uh, and, but what happened was I got what I needed for the book after the first couple of months of volunteering there. Right. But I just felt like an asshole going, got what I need. See ya. <laughs> so I just stayed. uh, Okay, so what would you do today at the nursing home? Well, I do a lot of jigsaw puzzles. Um, I have an electric um, uh, uh, 20 questions game. Uh, I talk to people who uh, met
0: me the day before and don't remember. Uh, And and do they remember you? I mean, do they remember anything? Do they remember you? Sometimes.
1: You know what they remember is music. One yeah. of the things I've done in the time that I've been there is I bring them uh, uh you know, I bring them CDs, music. When I first started volunteering there, they had they had a boombox, but they had two CDs. Oh. One was a mandolin CD, and the other one was a disco CD. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I brought them, like today I was playing for them, the Mills Brothers, nice. and, uh, you know, Doris Day. Nice. Uh, 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 and who's, uh, yeah, Frankie Valley. You know, nice. so I try to get, but what's great is you can say to one of these people, and they're, you know, some people are just rehabbing, and they'll get fixed, and they'll go home. And and some people won't. Um, but, you know, you can say to them, you know, do you, do you have kids? And they'll go, I, I don't know. <laughs> oh. But, man, you put on, you know, the weavers singing this land <laughs> is your land. Fire, they know every goals. word, right? Yeah. 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 Music is so important to the development of the brain. And human connection is so important to the sustaining of the brain, which is... You know, I I mean, in in truth, it's part of the reason I I, I continue to go. Like, so many things that you do that are actually good for you and feel good sort of in the aftermath, like working out, for example. I loathe working out. But now I do, like, I don't know, three or four times a week. Um, And I I don't look forward to it in any way, and I always feel good afterwards. What what do you do when you work out? Oh, it's grueling. Do you have a trainer? I do. I have a trainer. He's He's a... what is he Taekwondo and self-defense guy? Okay. I have no passion for either thing. Okay, <laughs> I, w- I went there because it was for an experiment, an experiment for my book. Um, I think at the time, for so the you chapter- just kept doing everything basically that you did. No, this one I quit. I, okay. I mean, I had done it for about seven months for the book. Okay, and then I was like, okay, got what I need, and I quit, and I went on to other, you know, whatever the next thing was. Um, years later, I, I went back. But um, the reason I go to the do self-defense guy mm-hmm. is because it is the closest workout place to my house. <laughs> and although I wanted to get fit, I didn't want to have to walk that far to do it. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I go to this guy. And even in the chapter, I was like, you know, I sort of felt guilty. Like, I didn't want the book to be, I don't want to be like things that cost a lot of money. I mean, that's not, you know, what kind of happiness is that, Right. But in fact, I take private lessons with the guy, and it is a little bit pricey. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, one day I'm I'm writing about it because I took careful field notes every day. I took notes on what I was doing, and and I'm saying to myself, okay, why? What? What? Because mostly what I do with him is, yeah. although there's some kicks and punches and things like that, but a lot of it is just playing calisthenics. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, jumping rope. Uh, uh, Jumping jacks. jumping jacks. Jumping yeah. uh, jacks. Uh, push-ups, sit-ups, right? A lot of it's that. So I said to myself, like, why do I need, what's to stop me from doing jumping jacks, you, you know, beside the treadmill? Because if um, someone's not yelling at you, you're not going to do it, right? I well, mean, that's not. Nice. I so one day, the very day that I had this thought, or maybe the day after, I go there. And he says, uh, "Do five hundred rope jumps." I do five hundred wow. rope jumps. I'm impressed. He says, "Do thirty push-ups." I do thirty push-ups. He says, "Do you know a hundred sit-ups?" I do a hundred sit-ups, and then I sort of rolled over onto my stomach, ready to either throw up or cry. <laughs> and he said, "Okay, get up." And I thought, "Well, there it is. See?" I- that's why I need a professional. I, I wouldn't have thought of that in a million years.
0: That's where you need the guy who knows what he's doing. To get you up off the... I, I love that. All right. so So you're doing all... The, okay, so I have a question for you. Louise and I were talking about this on the way over here. Paul Provenza was on the show last week. Who says hello? To everybody. everybody says hello to you. I love Paul Provenza. Right? Is he What's fantastic? Not to love. Yeah. It, there's nothing not to love. And but Paul is struggling again. I mean, Paul has worked all of his career. He was just on "I'm Dying Up" up here uh, two weeks ago. But he's so passionate about his projects that he puts his that he makes some money and then or he, he does something that he and he puts yeah. it back in his work, right? Yeah. The green room or set list or whatever. Right. And so, what I kind of figured out from doing this show for almost two years it seems to me that artists who want to make money and who are focused on I'm gonna make money I'm gonna be successful do make money and are successful and that artists that just say I want to do what I love and I'm just gonna do what I love still struggle so was money ever an incentive because you you are successful does money drive you many years ago I hosted
1: a pie eating contest <laughs> in a suburb of San Francisco. Uh-huh. I think uh-huh. I did that for the money. <laughs> <laughs> not the pie. No, not to. No, it didn't seem that artistic at the time.
0: It's kind of a gross idea, actually. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, when you were a kid, okay. So so let's go back. Oh, to I that. know. Okay.
1: I uh, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a comic in in in, in the worst Why? way. Uh, who, because who? I love the sound of laughter, I love thinking of things that I think are funny and saying them. I love it when people pay me the compliment of you know, laughing at something I said. The first sentence of the last paragraph of the summary letter written by my kindergarten teacher in May of 1965, Mrs. <laughs> Bump, she wrote, Mrs. Bump. I, have, "I have enjoyed many of Paula's humorous comments about our activities." <laughs> Wow! Yeah, should you ever? Isn't that cool? Yeah, and it's uh, I, I I it might even be uh, in in my in I have a blown up copy of it framed, and it might be in my bedroom. Uh, that somewhere. that was your first memory of,
0: of a compliment that for your yeah, humor. Yeah, I mean,
1: I can remember being real little and people using the word like people using telling me say something about comedian to me. Mm-hmm. Um. Before I knew what that word meant and when it was way too sil- too many syllables for me. And so I, I, I really liked that. And I guess, uh, y- you know, like a, like a moth to light. That's so what you, I am. I'm okay. like a moth to light. So, and then eventually I just keep bumping into it and I, and I die on the porch in the morning.
0: <laughs> that's what's
1: happened. Okay, so maybe that's so what happened to Paul <laughs> Pivenza too. The two of us are just bumping into the light over and over again.
0: <laughs> so, so you're a little kid. You're with the other little kids. They laugh. You realize right away, this is the shit. This is what it, I want to do. It's a
1: great thing. And, I, and there were times where it got me out of, you know, situations. Uh, with, I, your, I, with your parents? Like, did not with my, my parents. No. My parents never found me funny. No, no. That was, that was always a drawback.
0: No, they no. didn't. Are um, your par- were you, uh, what did it take? When did your parents become proud of you? When, when did you say, I want to be a cop? How did that happen? I didn't even
1: live at home when I started being a comic. Uh -uh. And people used to say to me, uh, I started when I was 19, and people would say to me, well, what do your parents think about that? And I'd say, I have no idea, (laughs) and I could care less.
0: (laughs) All right, so let's go I tell my kids that
1: all the time. I'm like, you know what? I I, I used to say to them when they were little, I go, you know, someday you're going to grow up, you're going to choose what you want to do. And don't even let my opinion faze you. I love know. That. Well, I said that. But I said, but right now,
0: I'm telling you, clean up this fucking room. <laughs> okay, so so you're a little kid. You have a sister. Do you have other siblings? I had two sisters and a brother. Were they funny? Um, yeah,
1: actually, my sisters and I had a good time. Parents, parents, funny. I think my father was was had a, had a good sense of humor. But you know, my parents really didn't enjoy my.
0: So we didn't, you know. It's not like we sat around, and smoked, and drank together. <laughs> okay, so you're a little kid. You got you get this compliment from your kindergarten teacher. So obviously, very little kid, you're already making. You already know the secret to the year. I was first. doing a type five <laughs> on juice and crackers. <laughs> that on the mat put the two thousand year old man to shame. <laughs> Okay, so and maybe that's where it, maybe you because you were doing juice and crackers on the mat in nap time, maybe yeah, that's maybe why you that's sleep on the floor. Where, we didn't have nap time when I was in kindergarten. We didn't have nap time no, either. My kids had nap time. But that I remember. Do you remember when they used to come around with a box of the big pretzels and you would pay a nickel and you would get a big pretzel like it. We would, we would have did, like we milk were you raised cookie. in New York or something? I was raised in New York. Yeah, we had milk and cookie time, and they would either come. You didn't have this either. No, we, yeah. didn't, have, we didn't get big pretzels. They would come no, around. It's so we very had a New York for, thing, really? Yeah, we have, but it was a stick pretzel, not like the anyway. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't they matter. Okay. They don't serve pretzels in most schools. <laughs> <laughs> this was like, I guess it was a New York thing. Okay, so. So, well,
1: you, my daughter Tosha was not, she was not a student. It just wasn't going to happen. Okay. Despite my best efforts and the efforts I think were. I you a, a good student? No, I was a lousy student. Okay. I was a good student <laughs> early on and then I deteriorated. But uh, my daughter Tosha would have none of it really from the very start. And um, she, you know, just forever going to the nurses. She just had an excuse every, she just wasn't going to do it. Yeah. And so uh, she cal- came home one day and she said to me that the teacher said, that they could keep a water bottle on their desk and i was supposed to send her to school the water bottle i said tosha you, you know there's a there's a there's a fountain right there's a water fountain get up and go to the water fountain like every says go get some water that's a great idea a fountain i go i said you put a you put a water bottle in your desk Right, That distraction alone cuts the academic day in half. I right? said, so next thing you know, you are got to come home and tell me. She said you could have a fondue pot on your desk. Like any time that you need to dip a, a toasted cube into
0: melted cheese. All right, so you, Tosha. So, so, so little kid, you're, you're, you're good in school. You're making people laugh. Do, like, do you know, like, who made you laugh when you were, why did you want to be a comedian? Like, who, who, who was funny for you? Around Paula's house, by the way, I'm looking right now at Lucy and Desi. There's the three stooges in her other room. Well, those were the two first of, uh, uh, uh when I was a kid,
1: my, I was the youngest. Little Rascals? Our, our family. No, we, I didn't oh. see the Little Rascals very much. They were on, uh, was it UHF? They were on like a channel we didn't get. Okay. Um, we got three channels yeah, at yeah, our house. Yeah. Now, the Rosses next door got 56 and 37, which is very wow. exciting, where there would be like a syndicated things. Uh-huh. Um, well, I guess I Love Lucy was syndicated when I was a little too on whatever channel it was. Channel 5. It was, I, it was
0: whatever was it it Channel 5 it was Elizabeth in New York. N.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I, uh, my mother would get the other kids off to school. Mm-hmm. This is before I started kindergarten. She'd get the other kids off to school and then she'd go back to bed. Uh, and, and, and then I would just sort of, you know, wander around the old Poundstone place by myself. <laughs> and uh, and so, you know, my babysitter was the television, of course. And uh, so as I Love Lucy and the Three Stooges. In other words, you know, Captain Kangaroo and, and Romper Room. But to be honest, I didn't... I felt that they talked down to me a little bit, and I didn't like that that much. <laughs> I mean, to me, part of the reason I love the Stooges is it's comfort food for me. I've known them forever. So that's part of it. But to, even when I was little... I didn't really like it when Moe saw the Curly's head. Yeah. Because uh, I liked Curly. I didn't want his yeah. head to be so odd. But <laughs> I, I, I felt that they were adults doing adult things. Mm-hmm. And I didn't feel they were talking down to me. They weren't doing them well, but they were adult, you know,
0: to me. <laughs> Abby and Costello, to watch, I I didn't...
1: Uh, <gasps> when I was a kid, I never... I didn't wow. uh, see them anywhere. Now they're, they're one of my absolute favorites. Because they I, were
0: on... In New York, it was it was the Three Stooges. It was Abbott and Costello. It was the Little rascal That, that was our day. Was was those? You didn't get a lot done. I, no, no didn't no, did no, did no, It did absolutely nothing. Watched, yeah, you weren't you weren't the churning person. the butter. I was not churning butter. I was watching TV. So okay, so. So
1: so so I so I wanted it's really Lucille Ball was probably the first, you know I I always wanted to be a comic actress I never wanted to be a stand up I didn't really know what stand up was stand up when I was growing up was a late night medium on television for the most part and right. my parents simply didn't enjoy my company well enough oh. to have me up watching the tonight <laughs> show with them so uh, it wasn't something I really understood we had Bill Cosby albums but I I didn't know where he was when he was doing that. It never occurred to me that <laughs> he was in a nightclub. <laughs> I was from Sudbury, Massachusetts. We didn't have nightclubs. Y- y- you know. Right. Well, yeah. you wouldn't have been going to them anyway. Well, precisely. He was in a speaker. That's what I thought. Well, right. That, I thought he was on that flat thing. Yeah. I have no, you know, but he was, uh, you, you know, uh, those are great albums. And, and, uh, and so I, you know, but I was much more familiar with like, uh, when I was in the fifth grade is when um Laffin, uh, came oh, out yeah. which was such a great show and mm-hmm. so I wanted to be Lily Tomlin and the and and I missed Black Country Mile I wanted to be Kel Burnett. I wanted to be Gilda Radner. I wanted to be Mary Tom. Morris. Okay,
0: so did you did you? Start did you give that a shot?
1: No, I had no idea what the I, I didn't know what do they call it? What do they call it in hiking where, where you get on the trail not the mouth of the trail no, the trailhead the trailhead oh. I didn't know where
0: the trailhead was yeah. for being a for being a comic performer, so when you were in high school, did you do musical theater did you do theater N- what did no you... i no. I was
1: by the time I did in junior high I did okay. but by the time I was in high school, I was kind of depressed and screwed up, and so I didn't do a whole heck of a lot um I mostly was just a morose child
0: were you were um, you doing okay in school at that point No, I was no. a miserable wretch yeah. oh no. no, I was a
1: horrible, awful <laughs> child uh but you went to college. No, I didn't. no, no! I petered out of high school as a terrible student. Did you dropped out of high school. Well, dropped out is a strong term. <laughs> <laughs> I continued to go to the building. <laughs> Did you get a piece of paper at the end? No, no, no paper. No, no paper. I loved my high school. Loved it. Wait I a just couldn't. I just wasn't a student. I, I. But I loved my high school. I loved my teachers. I loved the building. When they tore my <laughs> school down, building. I have a brick from my school, oh. in my room when they tore it down. I, I, sh- I should have shown you in my bedroom. Not only do I have a brick from the old building, but the maintenance guy sent me my locker door. Oh, stop. Uh,
0: yeah, I'll show
1: you. It's All, my, it's okay, Allie
0: Willis has her, her chair from the auditorium. The, the, what is that called? Uh, the, the the row of... No, when, you know, there's like a row and they're attached. She's yeah. got the one where she sat in an auditorium in her school. You, you have no your locker? sat in
1: the same auditorium she, seat? Which I never heard
0: of. I my never heard of It was that not either. like that.
1: Maybe that was one of those pricey schools <laughs> where they like bought a seat like at the <laughs> opera.
0: So you have your...
1: Lo- yeah, the maintenance guy sent me my locker door. And you know, the truth is, I thought to myself, like... It depended on what hall you were in, what color the lockers were. So you didn't even my, have lockers. My, my locker street. was orange. Okay. And it was a skinny door. It was orange. And, and uh, so he's, he told me he sent it to me. You and stayed I, in touch with the... I did a benefit from my high school until oh I was 40. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. And then, uh, and then the uh, yeah. Did they what, give you
0: an honorary degree?
1: They did. Yay. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah See, they, they did. You know. And boy, that'll get you work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so. Are we still he, on the air? He, yeah,
0: I have to yeah, feel yeah. like I have to keep checking. Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: Are we? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Allen, she's lying. She's
0: lying. She's making it up. Who all right. Is?
1: So. I'm Nancy Allen. Nancy. So. Hi, Nancy. She. she uh, so, all right. So the maintenance guy sends, sent me my locker door. I, it, I, I left it in the box in a corner of my bedroom, literally for years. Okay. And it used to drive my old assistant crazy. She was like, why don't you open that box? And I said, because I know what's in it. I I, I don't need to. And so it just was there for a long time. And finally, I believe it was for the get organized <laughs> chapter of my book. <laughs> ah, it was one of the things I did was I opened up this box. And there it is, this orange locker door. So I figured, okay, the guy knows what hall I was in. Fine. So he knows, you know, right? But it's not... I didn't think it was likely that it was my locker door. Oh, you thought he was just... It was a locker door okay. from my hall. It very sweet of him. And uh, then, again, it just leaned on a wall for a long time. Then my, uh, my assistant uh, um, uh, made... He's, a, he's very good making things. He made a cabinet, and we attached the locker door to the cabinet. It's where we keep the meds. We actually named it after the drug dealer from my high school. (laughs) Whatever you want, I guess we asked for his name. You go, uh, Ronnie Jackson. (laughs) He's dead. We can. It was. You go if you want. If you want uh, uh, drugs in my house, you go. um, uh, Could you get me something out of Jimmy McIntyre's locker? Oh my god. (laughs) He was, a, he was a great guy. He was a terrific guy. I think he just sold pot. I don't think he was like a. But anyway, he um, was a wonderful man. Jimmy McIntyre's locker. Um, all right, so so uh, Wendell, my assistant, makes a, a, a cabinet for the locker door. And, uh, and he even got the old Oh, you know, the, lock. the lock. The combination lock. And I opened the door, and inside are no, these stop. Sandra Boynton stickers. Now, do you remember who Sandra Boynton was? I do not. Um, She made a line of greeting cards that were very popular in the 70s. Um, She also made some children's books. We had a couple of them ourselves. She's the one that did, like, the cats in suits. They were sort of squat characters, and they'd have, like, balloons this is something. Um, there's one. Uh, one of my favorites was a thank you card, and it was a hippo in a tank suit, and it and it was in like at a pool, and he says tank suit very much. That was uh, <laughs> there was uh, one of the hap- a happy birthday card where there was a, pic- a picture of a hippo, and then uh, a birdie and two sheep, and it was a uh, hippo birdie two use. <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> and, uh, I cannot believe so you
1: remember these. These, well, they, they were they were popular. Um, and okay, my one of my best friends in high school, Judith Coolidge, gave me. Those Sandra Boynton stickers that are in that locker. The interesting thing to me is that no other kid came along because the locker. And took it off. And took it off. There were additional stickers on there that I hadn't put there, so there was like another generation. But so he of really sent you so your locker. sent me my logical evidence. That that's exactly that correct. In fact your locker. Yes. That, wow.
0: Yeah. Okay. Isn't so it great. That is that's great. great. That's yeah. pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. It's the real
1: thing. But they built a new building now that I, you know... We just had our 40th reunion, like, oh, come to the new building. I really, I don't care about the new building. I mean, I'm happy for them, but I don't need to see the And new so, building.
0: do you see the kids that you went to school with?
1: Oh, my God, I'll tell you. The 40th reunion is so much fun.
0: The 10th
1: is way too early. I'm not discouraging you from going to your 10th. <laughs> but uh, even... You know, at the, tr- at the 20th, I drank, and I embarrassed myself, humiliated myself so much that I really couldn't go to the 30th. <laughs> 10 years was not enough distance. Right. But by the 40th, you know, lots of us had, you know, given up the devil drink by then. And what was fun about the 40th? I mean, I can still remember getting ready to go to my 10th. Well, we didn't have a 10th. We had a 13th. I can still remember being in the hotel room,
0: yeah.
1: stressing out about what I was going to wear. And, uh, whereas the 40th, which was only in the fall, I don't remember what I wore and I didn't care.
0: I love that. It was nice. Yeah, and, and, that. and,
1: and I don't remember, I, I had no intention or desire of asking anybody, uh, you know, what do you do for a living? Or I don't, cause I don't care. <laughs> what I wanted to do was talk about the second grade. <laughs> I wanted to talk, you know, so about you how Maria Kyra had become such an astonishingly beautiful woman. And uh, you
0: went to the same school all through school.
1: I did, or it's the same school system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Until I left in my in my senior year, I petered out. Um, but 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 for the most part, I did. Yeah. And oh my. And gosh, so the same yeah. kids all the way through. A lot of them. Lot yeah, of these- not all of them, but a lot of them. It, it really was wonderful. Except for we stayed in this horrible hotel my friend the the one who gave me the Sandra Boynton stickers my friend Judith Coolidge she was one of the organizers uh, of this 40th Mm -hmm. and and we got in in touch with one another and and she said well do you want to share you know a hotel room with me on the night of the event I I said absolutely so that sounds like fun you know so we we share this hotel room and the people who work on the reunions work so hard it's a lot of work Mm -hmm. and so um you know I got in and And uh, I'd taken a red eye to get there and I had to leave before everybody else had to leave. I was busy. Um, But, uh, you know, I get there and I could see all the work these people put into it. It was really a lovely event. But the hotel was just, it was not a good hotel. Uh, And I'm not a hotel complainer for the most part. But here's just one example. (laughs) I carry 150 pounds of luggage with me. Um, Wait, wait, why? Because I carry stuff that I sell.
0: I carry my uh, merch my, my, my oh, I carry good.
1: that yeah the merch stuff I carry you know my clothes I carry book books for me to read and have something to do and and, and yeah and the computer it's it's 150 pounds wow so I get there and and uh, the, the 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 check-in lady at the desk she says well you're up on the third floor I, mean, I go great and I had you know I no take don't a, say there's I, not I an elevator. An elevator. <laughs> right. no 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 stop. Here's the thing. she goes well I go where's the elevator she goes we don't have an elevator. And I'm like, okay. So I drag my bags. I haul them up, you know, three flights <laughs> like of stairs. I'm like, I'm fine. That's good. It's fine. Uh, and now I can't read her writing on the, on the key thing. No, you and have so to I go. Can't find, no, but I bump into, kindly, there's someone from engineering and housekeeping. And they, there's these two people and they say to me, do you need some help? And I go, yeah, I wouldn't mind some help. Thanks. And they go, well, you know, there's an elevator. There was an elevator. And for some odd reason, the lady at the desk told me there wasn't. So this was in my view. And then we're dragging this luggage and They couldn't read her writing it. Finally, we would find the room, right? I go in the room. It smells horrible. It's like a smelly room. <laughs> and so later, when my friend Judith was in the room with me, she I had left my shoes on. But Judith walked across the rug and she's like, you know what? This rug is wet. Oh, and I, no. It really, so finally, I, I couldn't keep my mouth shut anymore. I finally said, Judith, why are we in this terrible hotel? She said, well, the class of 76 recommended it. And I said, Judith, they never <laughs> liked us. <laughs> but, yeah. Anyways,
0: but I highly recommend you go to your 40th because it is fun. I was at such a big school that there is there are no reunions. There were 5,000 kids in my high school. Really? Don Rickles went to my high school. but yet no. You never uh, reuned have, with Don I have, Rickles? I have, I have never reuned with anyone. There's been wow. no high school reunions. Huh. That's don't really me. sad. Well, I don't think it's good. You yes. could have a
1: kindergarten reunion. You didn't have 5,000 in
0: your <laughs> kindergarten. Big kindergarten. All right, let's line <laughs> <find> up. <out. laughs> that was so long ago. You in the 1,000th row. Get over here. Ah. <laughs> uh, I went to kindergarten so long ago, there weren't (laughs) reunions.
1: I got to tell you, Nancy Martin was at my reunion. Went to kindergarten with her. Not only that, but her mother was a kindergarten teacher. I hadn't talked to Nancy Martin because she was one of the really cool kids, and I was Mm -hmm. one of the not really cool kids. And so even though we went to the same schools, we didn't speak to each other. So I had not talked to Nancy Martin easily since, let's say, the fourth grade. And you know what? First of all, she looks just like her mother now. And second of all, what a
0: lovely woman. I mean, that Isn't was that the fun nice? thing.
1: He's finding all these people who would, you know, ha, you know, just, just become such wonderful. Okay, adults. so what is it
0: like being Paula Poundstone and going back to these? Like, do people treat you differently because you're Paula Poundstone? Or do they treat you like they treated you back then?
1: I think they treat me slightly differently, but yeah. that was one of the things about the fortieth. Again, was that you know we're just so much more comfortable uh, with who we are. And how tragic that it takes until forty years after high school to reach that place. But um, there, there's a comfort level where I don't feel people did pay as much a, a, attention to that. And there's certainly higher achievers than me in in my high school class. Is the, oh come on. Well, my friend Jim Ross uh, is a is a conductor and. Uh, teaches musicians around the world, and yeah, I'd say he did better than me, and and, um, uh, there's more examples, but I can't think of them right now. My friend Patty Barkas has sang all around the world, and and in the class above us, 1976 class, the one that didn't like us very much, uh, is uh, Maggie Hassan. She was Maggie Wood when we went to school, but she is now the uh, Democratic Senator from uh, New Hampshire and that's, she that's was the very pride of Lincoln Sudbury wow. you know recently
0: uh, uh, what's it uh, Captain America went to uh,
1: Lincoln Sudbury. but I just
0: want to say that uh, of all of those people that you just mentioned with the exception of Maggie who's doing very important work, I would say that you're probably the most known person from your school ever no, in the history Captain of your America, school those, those, no i'm those, sorry those, Paula. those what
1: are those movies what do they call them what are the ones with the card the comic books what's uh, the name of that company oh marvel? Marvel or or DC? Uh, DC? oh marvel marvel, marvel. Yeah. oh marvel that's how my brain works by the way it starts with an name marvel yeah <laughs> <laughs> i was trying to think the other day i was trying to think of a name of a hotel that's here in santa monica it's at the end of pico boulevard and uh, I, I literally, while I was walking to volunteer with the old people, I literally, just strangers on the street, I would say, excuse me, what's the name of that hotel <laughs> It's down the end of Pico? I go, it, uh, you know, it's one syllable and it, I, I, it starts with a P. <laughs> and, and, and everybody, no, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Finally, I decided it was, um, it was like Portofino or something. And I'm like, ah, it was more than one syllable, you know, but oh yeah, it was the Portofino. And uh, yeah, that's what it was. And. A, 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 and then I get home and I say something about it to my daughter because Mom it shudders. I go, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, <well>, it was. <laughs> and yet somewhere in my brain that made all the sense in the world.
0: Oh yeah, I really get that though. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: So yeah. so yeah. I many times I've said to my daughter because I always forget the name of this actor that I really love. I go, you know, he's the guy he starred in in in, 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 to, in to Kill a Mockingbird. He's the Good-looking guy. Uh, uh, I go it starts with an M, and goes uh, Gregory Peck. Yeah. <laughs> Gregory Peck? Who does it? She just starts with an M, Gregory
0: Peck. Because <laughs> I, I immediately was, was going to Robert Mitchum, yeah. I'm like, wait a minute, it was Gregory Peck. Okay. Yeah. No, Robert Mitchum? Yeah. That doesn't start with an M. <laughs> so, so, meanwhile, you know what's really weird? When I was in college, Chris Mitchum came to my apartment once. Was he related to... Robert Mitchell's son. And oh. he was doing a movie and I went to school. Anyway, I'm going to tell go this your whole apartment? story. No, tell See, me the story. Okay. Your so Michael Par- do you remember Michael Parks, then came Bronson? Are you too young no. for that? No. Do you remember no. Michael Parks? Then no. came no. Bronson? Then came okay. Bronson? No, yeah. No, no, it, you're no, you're no, like two years Bronson. younger th- you're no, more than two years kind younger of than me. He was, it was he? It, he was huge. Yeah. He was like the James Dean yeah. of the the seventies. I've never
1: heard of him. Oh, he just Ivan died Kinkin a couple of years seven. ago. He's, he's no, a fabulous actor. It was, he was David he was gorgeous. Cassidy was Bobby, Bobby Sherman. No. Now, yes. Many hours I spent. Yes. Playing the sh- Bobby Sherman album, the one with the choker collar.
0: Did you like the castles? That's a little before your time, I love right? The Sills. Louise made the Councils movie, Family Band, the Cow That's the, Louise made that documentary. I didn't forgive me okay. Louise, but I didn't know there's a
1: documentary. There is, I and mean, it's fantastic.
0: She's going to give you a copy of it. But, okay, so... so I love cousins. Then came Ronson. Michael Parks, mad crush on him through high school. So he was making a movie in Tucson where I went to college, yeah. and Chris Mitchum was in the movie, and so I flirted with Michael Parks. I got them to come over to my apartment, but Michael Parks was drunk, and so he fellas kind of was... But Chris Mitchum was really nice, and we had... He asked me for a glass of milk, and he was really sweet. The reason Wait, I'm telling you this is Chris because Mitchum now asked for
1: you for a glass of, of milk.
0: milk. Michael that's Parks was here. That's him. You don't, but that's an all. No, fine when he was young no, and sexy. I don't that's know. like later in life. No, okay. you know what? But he he. Uh, by that time he was lactose intolerant. Yeah, he doesn't look good in that picture, but he was really handsome. Look, they, Michael Parks. You didn't know him anyway. Not very he, handsome. But <laughs> so just like two weeks ago,
1: and I'm not keeping <laughs> milk around for Michael Parks. I'll tell you that. <laughs> so, no, for Chris Mitchum. Chris Mitchum. So.
0: But two weeks ago, Chris Mitchum's daughter found me on Facebook and friended me. I it has been fifty, not fifty. It's been forty-something years. Her father was in my house drinking milk. Isn't that isn't it crazy when stuff like that happens? Are they after you for money? <laughs> I, it was just, and she, <laughs> she it's know. Dickensian. That's oh what it God, is. So I—I haven't even told her that story yet. But isn't wow. that isn't that yeah. that's kind of weird? Yeah. So she she would Yeah. Well, that's the thing about Facebook. That's the thing about yeah, Facebook. Yeah. So, That's do it. people like find you all the time? That like no, I really. <laughs> no. I don't. I'm
1: not. A re, I don't do Facebook very much. Um, to me, Facebook. Uh, all right, I know this is the wrong company to say it, in, but it's like a 24-hour a day holiday letter drip. <laughs> it's yeah. everybody's putting up, you know, their best and their brightest and their happiest, and look how wonderful our family is. And and we all, you know, they say that people go on Facebook. Not you guys. <laughs> But they say (laughs) that people who go on Facebook a lot tend to be depressed. And it's because the you're looking at everybody's best and most wonderful and look how great it was. And and even though we know intellectually that's what we're doing, it's still, you know. It It totally works on the psyche. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, look, my friends uh, took the whole family skiing to Switzerland. (laughs) Isn't that lovely? Boy, when my son was expelled, we should have gone somewhere. (laughs) Does it make you depressed, or are you depressed? Are you? Do you I think there, it, no, you I think it makes you depressed. depressed. I, it definitely
0: adds to depression.
1: Yeah. Although, honestly, you know, the other day I was watching MSNBC and there was a commercial for some medication because most of the commercials on MSNBC <laughs> are for medication. Because once you've been tormented by them for a whole day of them saying, Stay with us, we're gonna tell you what you want to hear any second now. Just stay with us. Impeachment, stay with us, stay with us. Stay with us. See, it gives you a stomachache. And so yeah. most of the the commercials on there are for like some sort of stomach ailment but the other day there was a commercial for some sort of medication and in that little you know voice that says you know what bad thing might happen if you take it they say you know uh if you suffer from uh you know depression or you're pregnant or you know or a hacking cough uh you know don't take the medication they listed so many things i thought there's three people in the world who could take this medication i mean once you put up depression as a as a as a like category with where you couldn't take it, most of the most of the world is depressed at this point.
0: I mean, if you're not depressed, then you're really not paying attention right. to what's going on. Right. Okay, so 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 how do you feel with what's going on? Depressed. <laughs> There's certain heart medications I can't take. <laughs> so 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 are you? Uh, have you become an activist as a result of this? What's going on? Or no, not. Not so much. Not, not really.
1: Uh, no, uh, you know the thing is, I but mean, you have I, kids. I do have kids. So it concern doesn't it concern you? It concerns me. It yeah, does. it concerns me with or without kids. It concerns. me. Yeah. But you know, I, I, I you know, uh, what I'm going to do is vote. There you and, go. And uh, what I would like from the Democrats, by the way, it kind of worries me that um, you know because Trump is so. Horrible. Um, and, uh, but it's not enough. It's, it's like I want the Democrats to remember that they have to think of what they would do. And, and some of that could be old ideas. That's fine if they're old, workable ideas. Some of it could be new ideas, but they need to say it. It's not enough just to say, isn't Trump horrible? Because we all know that already. Mm-hmm. But we need to know, what are you guys bringing to the table? And, and, and I, 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 I just today tweeted something about that. You know, I think it was y- yesterday I tweeted, uh, Dear President Obama, uh, you know, I, I miss the heart and the brain that you brought to your job. I, I miss your vocabulary. I miss hearing you speak. Mm-hmm. I just, uh, I miss feeling hope. And uh, I think, uh, yeah, I hate to get caught up in the numbers on these machines, but I do think it got like retweeted more than anything I've ever written. Really? I mean, I think a lot of people feel that way. But again, that in and of itself does not a new candidate make. Right. You know, it can't be enough to, you can't just run for office and say, hey, I, I like Obama too and I don't like Trump. That's not good enough. We got to know what
0: is it you're going to do. You know, Adam Schiff. I, I'm, I'm a big fan. Okay, so... So you, Is Adam Schiff running for office? Yeah, here. He's he's a local uh he's a local guy and he's pretty fantastic. I saw him speak um, at the March oh, don't for our lives. He's pretty no tr- He's terrific. He's fantastic. We're gonna you're educate gonna Paul and Adams. He's, he's fantastic. Yeah. And he's ha- they're having some kind of big party for him to raise money and stuff. You would really love so him. He's he's, he's he's pretty fantastic. No, but he's pretty fantastic. Yeah. Um but you once spoke, you were the first Female to speak at a White House correspondence dinner. Well, to it speak exactly. What, it what would you do? entertain. That's what uh, okay. was,
1: you're there to entertain. But, uh, they, but what, who was the president at the it time? It was the first George Bush. And ostensibly, you're there. And I was so, it was a long time ago. And I was so, I was so um, full of myself uh, and stupid, really. Uh, uh, so, this is how long ago it was. Well, A, it was the first George right. Bush. And Charles Bierbauer was uh used to be the white house correspondent for cnn the head white house correspondent and he was also the head of the white house Correspondents' association he's the guy who asked me to do this and my what i said at the time was well in the first place i said i, I didn't think i made sense really in that role and uh and he 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 came and he watched me entertain somewhere one night he said no no i think you would be great and i was you know i was very flattered by that and, and, I, and then I said, it was just, goes to, you know, now I'm old and stupid that I was young and stupid. I was like, okay, well, all right. But I, I, I'm not a fan of uh, this president and I didn't vote for him. And I don't want any pictures taken of me <laughs> and President Bush. And I, you know, I was just very, just, you know, I was very full of myself, very idealistic about my beliefs. And, uh... So he, you know, to his credit, he just kind of went, fine, great. He didn't go, you're an idiot. <laughs> uh, so I arrive at the hotel in D.C. to do this job. And and what you're doing is entertaining the press corps. That's the premise of what you're doing. And, uh, you know, and then the president just so happens to be there. Uh, but so I arrive at the hotel and the red message light is on. On my phone, and I pick up the phone. I call the front desk, and they say, "Well, you know, the the White House is calling." Wow! And um, I got a message from the White House saying that President Bush wanted to meet with me. I could not stash my spine (laughs) under my bed quickly (laughs) enough. I fucking flew to the White House. Goddamn president wanted to talk to me. To say, he says. I think I think I called Charles right away to oh, this is my cat bell. I called Charles right away to say that the president, you know, asked to speak with me and he said, Well, I think he's about softening you up, he says. Um,
0: so oh, I called did he tell him that you didn't want to take a picture with him before? Do you think? No. No. Did no. you have some dandruff? <laughs> but he, no, he, he wasn't able
1: to do the baboon behavior with me. But, I'm telling you, the second I got there, I walked in like this, <laughs> ready for the picture. Bring <laughs> right the bush? Where's right the bush? Man, pump, pump, stone. I just happened to be standing like do this. You have the picture? Come on, you have the picture, right? Uh <laughs> oh, it's in a trunk, in a <laughs> trunk somewhere. Or but did, you, I do, it. You I I do it. I do it. I do pictures. <laughs> um, what he wanted, so what, what he said he wanted to talk to me about mm-hmm. was that the, the performer the year before mm-hmm. had worked blue. And, uh, because ah. at a certain point, I mean, first we just hung out for a while mm-hmm. and we chit chatted and I'll tell you, he, he was, was Barbara there. He was, uh, not at that time. Uh, you know, I met her that night. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was, he was, he was charming and mm-hmm. funny and sweet. And there was like almost a- a- electric, bolt coming off uh, of him did he get handsy with you Be, I hear uh, no no he was not he didn't know, what's the thing he likes to say what's the joke that he made Oof, my
0: arm fell no no he did not
1: you know okay. listen if he if he if he touched my ass I don't recall it so if he did it wasn't a moment for either of us as near as I can tell but he was you know he was he, he was very uh what's the word um uh, 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 welcoming and 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 nice and I, I had a couple gracious. of friends with me. Very we hung around for like, really like a ridiculous amount of time. Mm-hmm. And finally, I kept waiting for him to tell me why I was there. And so finally, I just said, um, uh, President Bush, sir, what is it you don't want me to say tonight? <laughs> and he kind of <laughs> chuckled and he said, no, it's not. The-. He said, you say anything you want. He said, I just, you know, the, the last guy here was kind of blue. And I just wanted to, you know, warn you that that might not go over. And I said, well, I don't really... I don't really have any sort of blue material. I do now, by the way. But I, I said, hey, you know, it's, that's probably not going to happen. And he said, great, then do whatever you want. And, uh, and then I had a friend at the time who was a congressman from um, Oregon. And I was scheduled to meet with him later in the day. And uh, Mike Kobetsky, nice guy. And uh, You remember everybody.
0: I'm really impressed that you remember that. Well, I remember that. Days. Okay but, you know. Than a bush, that's fairly easy, to but, but not shutters. Yeah, shutters no. Starts yeah. with a P. Okay.
1: And a, and a uh, so I go, So and now I, I go to meet with my friend, uh, the congressman, and uh, it's a Democrat, you know. And I'm just, I just can't get over how I threw my my morals out the door. And I so I tell him that I'd gone there, and you know, and I said I said, geez, Mike, I said he was so charming and he told me the greatest political lesson i've ever heard he said paul we're all charming or we wouldn't get elected which is really true uh, you know and i'm sure like if i were to go to lunch with donald trump no i'm telling you no. he would say something funny it would be amusing
0: he would you know I, th- I think those days are over. I think there might have been a time when he could have done that. I, I don't think there's anything gracious that comes out of his mouth. I, I don't think he's capable. I
1: think he's probably charming and funny. He- who
0: you he's think? playing um, to?
1: He's playing to an audience that I that I don't share their viewpoint. But I'll bet you if he was with you individually, he would be he would be charming and funny. But my point is that. That's not what we need, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, my son is charming and funny, and, uh,
0: you, you know, what? I country. love him like raisin <laughs> toast,
1: but I don't think he should be president. <laughs> I just don't. You know, part of it's his room. Uh, <laughs>
0: All right, so wait. All right, so I'm going now I'm going to reel you in my fall cuz I've taken you to all these places. No, I, I no, told you I was. rotating. It's all it. I
1: can do not to talk about my neighbor. <laughs> I've exhausted like I've gone over every second of my entire life. Do you know in the, did you no, did we, you read Unbroken? Yeah, uh, Laura Hildebrand. Yeah. No. Um, it's about uh, Louis Zamperini. Yeah. Uh, I did not. Uh, he was a World War II war hero. Okay. Um, and also an Olympic runner. And uh, he's, he just has this extraordinary history, extraordinary story of survival. And by the way, some of the other servicemen too, it's terrible that I can't remember the name, but there was a group of them that did this amazing stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, at the time, was adrift. He held a record. For being adrift, he was shot down in a, in, from a plane. He was a mm-hmm. fighter pilot, or uh, in a fighter plane, and the, and they were shot down. Yeah, and they were in the ocean, and in the inflatable, you know, uh, raft. Raft. And uh, one with of the, yes, yeah, <laughs> begins with a P It's several syllables. <laughs> raft. And uh, one of the ways that they stayed. Um, Afloat no. mentally. Oh. One of the ways oh. that they kept their mental capacity, because mm-hmm. that's very important, mm-hmm. um, was uh, Louis got everyone to tell their life story, and by their life story, he meant every moment of your life. And let me just say that I could have outlasted him in that boat. <laughs> All right, but we
0: haven't told hardly any of your life, so that—that's what I, no, I want. No, I've told
1: huge swaths of my life. Okay, huge swath. no,
0: but. W- but really, I I want to the whole segment talk about, with Paul Prevental was like a fucking postcard <laughs> compared to this. So I want you to share with us how you did. What, I want I want you to talk about how you did what you did. Seriously though, because well, don't be serious. But seriously. Right, so in terms of being a stand-up comic? Like yeah, okay. So you wanted to be an actress. You wanted to be a comedic actress. I wanted to be a comic actress. I okay, still do, so, by the
1: way. But um, so far I just keep coming up with nothing. Do you audition? Um, no. Uh, every now and then I do, but you know, I swear to God, I could audition for the Paula Poundstone story and they'd go, ah, I'm not really right for that.
0: We're going in a different direction. <laughs> okay, so, so you're a kid. You, did, you do plays in junior high, not so much in high school. 19, you become a stand up. How does that happen? Well, let's see, I'd petered out of
1: uh, high school. I had gone, I'd taken, uh, I'd gone on mostly a Greyhound bus. To Florida because I was raised in Massachusetts. To uh, hoping to be a bear in the Disney World parade, but I ended up working. At the, Is that true? Yeah, working at the International House of Pancakes, eleven at night to seven in the morning, which oh, was yes. my second dream. <laughs> and uh, so I came back to Massachusetts after a while, and yeah. uh, I hated living in Florida. Um, I like. Why did you go? Oh, I like working be- in Florida, but right. I, I I I tell my little jokes in Florida, but I, I did not enjoy living in Florida. But anyway, so I go back to Massachusetts. Wait, I, I, are you telling jokes in Florida? No, no, I was I was serving pancakes you in Florida. I package. pulled, because um, I, I worked the graveyard shift uh, on the Orange Blossom Trail, which um, that section of the Orange Blossom Trail had a lot of hookers on it, and I was too sort of naive and inexperienced to realize that those were hookers. <laughs> I just thought I was underdressed because um, I would walk four miles to work every night. Oh, my God. And I had my uniform in my, uh, I had a yellow uh, day pack, had my uniform in my backpack and my, um, and my service shoes, because back then you had to wear white service shoes, were tied, you know, dangling off my backpack. And I would wear um, my green corduroys and a turtleneck and uh, maybe a sweater. And I'd walk uh, uh, and... Uh, That's was, a lot of clothes for Florida.
0: It was We're still, you hot. know,
1: no, it was, uh, this is like February. It, it was still, you know, in the evening in February. Fe- uh, it's not, it's not uh, hot at that point. So, um, uh, I, there, there was y- y- all these women in dresses and, you know, elevator shoes walking around this area. And I just kept thinking, gee, I... I just don't dress as nice as they do. It never occurred to me they were hookers. (laughs) Uh, And a couple times, guys pulled over and offered me rides, and I just thought they were really nice guys. (laughs) Isn't that sweet? No, I'll walk. Thanks. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so I I, I worked there, and it was uh, a challenge. And then I went back to Massachusetts. I was... Bussing tables for a living at a salad bar, which at that time was very cutting edge. <laughs> and uh, remember when salad bars were exciting? Yeah. It, yeah. it was a thing. Uh-huh. And and uh, and then <laughs> I uh, edge. let's see, I had, I really had, I wanted to be a comic, but I had absolutely no idea where, as I said, the, the trailhead was. I didn't know. Um, I'd never been to New York City. I had no means really to go there or know anything about clubs there or anything like that um, but as it happened just luck of the draw just serendipitously um, I had gone with the manager of the, uh, of the salad bar to see her friend's band play at a club in Inman Square in Cambridge and there was a flyer up on the wall that said that every other Sunday they had stand-up comedy there. And it was just begin. I mean obviously stand-up comedy's been around since we came out of the caves, but this <laughs> was like a new, um, you know, a, yes. a, kind of a new chapter in stand-up comedy was happening in the, in the late 70s. And uh, people like Robin Williams specifically really renewed audiences' interest in the form. And so a couple of guys in Boston started a comedy circuit. um, Barry
0: Katz, by the way,
1: it was was not Barry Katz, but he but he started a club later. He did. He's in fact this club.
0: This club was
1: the Ding Ho. Okay, and that's the one that Barry um, later, you know, sort of. But but the the the, um, a place called the well. These two guys that had a company called the Comedy Connection. It was Mm -hmm. Paul Barclay and Bill Downs They had stand up there at the Ding Ho before Barry did. And I don't know if they just let it go because it wasn't working for him or whatever. And then Barry Katz came along and and
0: and well, uh, by the time he came along, though, he said you were already you were already Paula Poundstone. And he said, and the, the reason why he was so grateful to you is because he said you would come in and do his club like for nothing when you were already making big money. And he was very grateful to you because well, he that's said nice, that really... but I think
1: he doesn't remember no. very well
0: because <laughs> oh, said no, he ba- said sold- he I'm
1: thinking, wait, I taking it
0: all back. Okay. I'm thinking of
1: Barry Crymes, Barry Katz. Yes.
0: You yeah, he said because yeah, yeah. you. Said because thinking, of you. Yeah. Yeah. you were already no, like he good. had a place called.
1: Oh, he was underneath played Against Sam's okay. in Boston. That's not the place in Inman Square. I'm right? so confused. It starts with a P, and it's one syllable. Um, <laughs> yeah, it sure. Okay, so it's very, you're right, Barry cats. Yeah. Yes, he started booking this place uh, in Boston. It was very fun to
0: work. I, don't, I wasn't a big star, and I didn't work he for said, almost nothing. Yes, he said I, 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 you no, did. He, well. he, he, he said he didn't pay you nearly what you were getting and that you would fill his club, and it helped. You. He said you helped propel his career well, as a result nice of that. you that's nice to hear.
1: Yeah, no, Katz, we went on the road together. Um, he took me on some one-nighters just in the area, and I didn't have a car. Was um, this when you were hooking? Is this? <laughs> <laughs> no, not when I was hooking. This is mm. after my mm. hooker experience. Mm. Um, so we'd stay, and then we are like, in a place in Connecticut or something and he would drive me from to these one nighters and uh, we were in this hotel and he said to me, he said, You know, did you tip the hotel maid? And I never even occurred to me you were supposed to tip the hotel maid and I so uh, he said he said, Yeah, so I, I ever since then I've tipped the hotel maid and I'm very appreciative of him telling me about you that. It, yeah, because after all these important. years you would have pissed off a lot of maids. Well, I would have not paid people for their work. Hmm. And I wanna pay people uh for for, for their work. Um, and so yeah, it's glad he told me that because know if you don't know you don't know right that's true yeah there's another manager oh well he wasn't my manager but it was one of my early managers that told me about tipping the bellman which again i didn't know from bellman um he says yeah you tip them um and so now uh when i go into a hotel i
0: just grab my bags and run (laughs) (laughs) all right so okay so you so this little club in boston said that they every other Sunday they did stand right, up. Right, they'd stand up there every other Sunday. Did you have an act? did you write an act? No, not at that
1: point. I okay. went and I watched. Okay. And and I was like, well, I could do this. Because honestly, those people I I what I don't this was the professional stand up comedy show. Um what the comedy connection used to do was they would, you know, go into a club and say, oh, we'll produce a comedy show for you and they would have like six comics mm-hmm. on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and so each of them had, you know, 10 minutes or something, or right. 15 or 20. And the person who was really the the star of the show was my step Theo's coughing. Oh. She's not throwing up, by the way. Actually, it's a he. He's not throwing up, he's coughing. Okay. Um, oh, oh, that sounds much That the sounds same. really bad. No, he's fine. Yeah. No. Come here. Okay.
0: okay. Um, yeah, it's a, but it's a, oh, low, uh, it's a lovely scruff. You song. just picked her up. Then Now, that's not the scruff of the net. What is that called? No, that's when the that is the scruff? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. you're pointing up. No, you pick him up by his head. I'll
1: pick him up <laughs> yeah. by his scruff. He's not delighted. The okay. He, he likes to be picked up by his scruff. Um, there was a point to all this. I forget what it was. Oh, so the, 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 the so person you, who was yeah. the MC was sort of the star of the show. Uh-huh. And then they would introduce these other acts, and the other acts would come on to like 10 minutes each or something like that which is how they took people that were not very well seasoned, um, mm-hmm. that really didn't have, didn't have an hour or 30 minutes or 20 minutes. Um, and so they had comics that were really pretty new uh-huh. that, were, that were doing their you know, professional comedy show. Uh, and uh, anyway, so I saw that and I'm like, I think I could do this. And so I did. I went, okay, so, so when, when you first started to do it, did you sit down and write What did you do? I, at first I thought, see, no. I, I didn't think you had to. Oh. I actually believe, I'm the best audience in the world for something that's not real. Like I'm a great, <laughs> uh, you know, like a magician can just, you know, blow me away. I, I thought when I would see Johnny Carson, mm-hmm. that he was making those jokes up. It never occurred to me that he was reading them, Mm -hmm. or that someone else wrote them, or that he would memorize, or that he just thought of stuff and said it. And so I tried that at at an audition, and uh, it was a disaster, of course. Um, But back then, and this was brief, Uh um, they didn't do this very long because it's just ridiculous... They used to have you audition in front of the other comics, but no audience, it was oh. just the other comics. Oh. So I go to this audition, and the other comics came you know, in, and, and uh, I mostly, because I, I didn't write anything down, so I just sort of stood horrified on this little riser stage and kind of wandered around. And I remember there's a broomstar on the stage, and I sort of picked it up and broke it apart, and I just sort of said a couple of things, and then I was like, okay, I think I'm done. And uh, it was horrifying. It was just awful. And I don't think they did it that way anymore after that. And then one night they said, well, we're having an all-women comedy show. Will you come do that? And I, I, th- But that time I wrote, I wrote stuff down. I'm like, okay, I think I get this now. And uh, you know, I wrote, it was five, you know, five minutes. And of course my recollection mm-hmm. is that it was fantastic. I think every comic... <laughs> <laughs> remembers their first experience because here's what happens whether you're an open micer. Because that was not an open mic night, but it was close enough. Mm-hmm. The way you would get introduced once your first time on stage is you know, there's your our first time up, uh, you know, it's very you know, please let's make her feel welcome, let's be supportive, please welcome, right? So you go and you do your thing. Well, the second time, no one gives you such a helpful introduction. The second time, you're now you're supposedly like
0: you know, an old. You okay, know. wait a minute. I have a question. Do you really think that helps you? When they say it's your that it's the first time, I, oh, did I do. stand up. You do see? Yeah. You know, I think that's like telling kids there's a substitute teacher that day, and it's like I'm gonna get them. You know, it's like really you think people I think like knowing you started artist in the wrong place. Um,
1: yeah, no, it's, yeah, no, I did, I, I do, I, I many times introduced people when it was their first yeah. time, and the, the audience is, you know, supportive, and kind of, uh, sometimes they're a little bit nervous uh, for the performer, yes. but you're going to be nervous for that performer anyways, because guess what, your first time, yes, <laughs> sorry, because the whole thing is a relationship with the audience, mm. and you have to build that relationship over time, and it takes... It takes doing it a long time. It's not. It's uh, it's uh, Malcolm Gladwell's um, you know ten thousand hours. It doesn't. It doesn't happen quickly. So how how did it happen for you? So my first time, mm-hmm. oh, I, it, my recollection was that it was great. You know, I said, uh, you know, I, I I remember I made a joke that wasn't one of my five. You know, it was like a I just thought of something and said it when I first came on. It was like whoa boy. You know, now I'm good. And I did my five minutes. It was all wonderful. But the next time I went up. I was just introduced, like, nobody went, well, it's only your second time, please make her welcome. Instead, they're like, you know, she killed the last time she was on, please welcome. And I went on, and just, oh my God, it was awful. And I think every comic working had that exact same experience, which is, you went on the first time, it was great, or you thought it was anyways. It was like, you know, the truth is, it was like with bumpers, like in bold. Um, and then the second time, it was just horrible. And yeah. you had lots more horrible to go before you really got to you know,
0: okay. This is so were you somebody who wrote. Did you write every day? Did you? No. Were you okay? How did that work for you? No. And I,
1: did, I really hardly ever in my career really sat down and wrote. Okay. Um, mostly, what happens is I think of stuff that I think might be funny to say on stage. I draw. I write a quick note to mm-hmm. myself, and then I, and then I try it out on stage, and I form it sort of in front of the crowd. Because if I write something on a piece of paper, A, I have to memorize all those words, and I'm not a good memorizer, and B, I'm not, you know... In the moment. Right. It's very hard to tell how much, uh, 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 when a crowd is going to react and how much of what I'm writing they're going to respond to. And, you know, when I'm halfway through it, uh, this lengthy, you know, three-page thing that I've written... And I realize, okay, not happening now now, what do I do so i, I just find it a lot easier to have something I jot drop myself a quick note, and then I just build it on on stage
0: so now, if as you're building it on stage, how much of that will you remember for the like are you recrafting it every time are you re Sometimes a little bit. Sometimes I don't quite remember how I put it out the first time, but mm-hmm. usually
1: I kind of do. And again, the difference between writing something out at length, because I, I tend to go, believe it or not, because I talk so much, I, I tend to write longer than I talk. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I, I uh, you know, a lot of times it is succinct enough on stage that it's not that hard to remember. And I don't do a whole new act every night. I do. My my act is, A, largely autobiographical. It's not that hard to remember things that happened to me. And B, um, it, you know, I've been doing this job for 39 years. So what I figure happened wow. is that I think my act is kind of like that that glass booth in in an arcade where you step in and they blow the paper money around <laughs> or whatever you can grab and keep. That's sort of my head while I'm on stage. Like somewhere 39 years of material is flapping around in my head and whatever I can remember to tell the audience that night or that appears to be anyways germane to what we're talking about, I, I, I use. And so sometimes that means that, you know, I, I mean I've done my International House of Pancakes joke forever. <laughs> Sometimes that means I repeat my international as a pancakes joke, and other times, um, you know, it's uh, usually it's uh, things more um, more current in my life. I guess I tend to talk about what I'm doing recently. Um, So, so you don't go out there with a set list. I don't have a set list, and my favorite part of the night, and this is very (coughs) much like Willy Wonka's chocolate waterfall churning his chocolate. My favorite part of the night is just plain talking to the audience. I do the time-honored, where you're from, what do you do for a living? And in this way, little uh, biographies of audience members emerge, and, um, and I use that from which to set my sales. So if somebody will say something, it may remind me of a piece of material that is floating around in my head somewhere that, that relates to what they said, um, or more often than not, I just say stuff in the moment, about you know, I just get them to tell their story a little bit and make jokes about it, and uh, and probably on a good night, and I like to think some are um, probably about a third of the night is unique to just that night and won't won't. Record. Wow, I love that. Um, it's it, it's great. It also takes practice, though I think it oh. took it took getting comfortable enough to do that. It took learning over time um, just to trust that those stories are there and they are. Anybody, you get them talking for a few minutes, and what they have to say is great. My manager always tells people like I know who to talk to. That is such a load of crap. Um, half the time, I can't even see them for heaven's sakes. Right, you right. Know, uh, and you know, and sometimes every, every I say, "Well, what do you do for a living?" And somebody will say, "Well, I'm a software designer." And there is that moment where I glaze over, but um, <laughs> then I say,
0: well, "What do you do in your free time?" <laughs> That's how you make up for that. So, okay, so you obviously had to do stand-up for quite a while before you got to the point where you could trust yourself to to be... Were you always present in the moment when you first started? Eva? Well, you know what? You know, open mics, the premise of the open
1: mic night being that anybody who wants to can go, mm-hmm. go up and do five minutes. And so... Uh, and the point at which I was, you know, really... Uh, uh, um, Hitting a lot of open mic nights and and getting to work uh, a bit more in that way was, uh, well, uh, a little bit in Boston, but also I'd come out to, I took a Greyhound bus around the country to see what clubs were like in other cities, and I ended up staying in San Francisco because they had a great uh, very creative, very, very, very... The audience. That was the Robin Williams deal, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Robin affected everywhere. He didn't just affect San Francisco, mm-hmm. but certainly, you know, that's that's where it began. But the, the audiences, you know, Dana Carvey was from there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the audiences really enjoyed, um, I think, seeing the seams. I I, th- I think they liked the idea that they were getting in on the ground floor, uh, of some stuff and they, they, you know, they didn't always look for something that was very, very polished. And what was great was, so somebody who was just figuring it out had mm-hmm. like, still had this great audience response. Um, so those uh, open mic nights, we would literally have like 30 comics that wanted to go up in a night. And the MC would have this huge list and you'd go, you know, you arrive at the club and you'd say, you know, can I go on? They go, yeah, we'll tell you when you go on. And so you, you might literally wait. Two, two, three hours. Uh Um, And of course, what happens is, you know, there's the peak part of the night where the audience is red hot. Right. Everybody's salivating wanting to go on then. But, you know, by the time your turn comes up, you know, there's five people in the front row and two of them are saying, no, we got to go. And you're like, no, just wait, just a (laughs) few more minutes. So, um, So anybody who went overtime... You know, the, 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 you could hear the knives sharpening in the back, <laughs> and so I, 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 um, I, I have two problems. One is I cannot tell time on stage to mm-hmm. save my life, and because, um, like in, in the beginning I really did try to stick to my five minutes, I was mm-hmm. going to write my five minutes jokes, I was going to go on and do them, but what happened was I, I would get, I would forget what I was going to say out of nerves. Or I would get distracted by something and say something I didn't plan to say. Well, great. Now I have no idea where I am in this five minutes. Right. And then while I'm on stage, I could hear the other comics grumbling in the back, <laughs> mad that I'm on for too long. Well, now I don't want to leave stage because they're going to hurt me. <laughs> so I would just stay on there. I would have the audience like protect me. And, 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 and so in this way, I, was, uh, I really uh, had to sort of work Work to crowd and work tomorrow. I just got to keep saying stuff. <laughs> so long
0: as I was entertaining the crowd, the angry comics couldn't couldn't get to me. <laughs> so so how long were you doing that stuff before you started to have a career, make money?
1: Oh, I'm still not really making any money. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny that very catchy, thinks so I did. <laughs> I'm flattered, but no. Um, oh, I don't know. I was, pro- you know. Uh, everything was very incremental. There was no overnight nothing. It was very incremental. I I I probably been in San Francisco for about a year before I started to get like road jobs. You know, uh, where you know, and that was a very coveted thing. The idea of you going out on the road. The first big road job from San Francisco was Sacramento. <laughs> Do a week in Sacramento. What was great about that was, um. That Sacramento Club would bring in San Francisco comics, but they would also bring in L.A. comics. And they were too cheap, uh, or perhaps they simply didn't make enough money to put you up in a hotel. Mm-hmm. So they'd the stay in the condo. Mm-hmm. You'd stay in the apartment. Well, the truth is, in the beginning, it was fun. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, it was great. Mm-hmm. Um, you'd stay, you know, the headliner, get the big room. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the other two acts, the middle act and the... And the, uh, and MC. the MC, um sometimes shared a room. And uh, and it was kind of fun. It was like summer camp. Mm-hmm. We actually, for the, I made friends with lots of guys that, that um, you know. If and I'm we, thinking not too many women doing it back no, then. Uh-huh. No, no. Yeah. But, I mean, that's how I met Gary Shaling. That's how I met Larry mm-hmm. Miller. Um, I, 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 I can't, off the, uh, Marcia Warfield, um I, I, I met, and you know, and then you'd go to dinner together mm-hmm. and you'd hang out together after the show. It was actually quite nice. Mm-hmm. Eventually, it got a little on the scuzzy side, you know, mm-hmm. like that, you know, you just you, you didn't want to sit on the couch because you're like, God knows what's <laughs> happened on this couch before. Or, you know, lie in a bed. Wait. Yeah. That's maybe where the floor started? It, no. No. The oh, was, the oh, the oh, the floors were worse. Oh, God. No, everything. And some of those hotels were so, so. I'm not hotels, some of those uh, condos, not the Sacramento ones, Mm -hmm. Sacramento was okay. But some of them were just so awful that Mm -hmm. I finally had to start saying, yeah, you know what, I won't stay in those anymore, you have to put me up in it. I remember one time I was working in, I think it was Virginia Beach maybe, and uh, so I told them, I was always friends with the bookers, you know, I was always, you know, I was friends with everybody, and they Mm -hmm. liked that, you know, Mm -hmm. because... uh, I think, like, eventually I found out that I wasn't making as much money as some of the other people, <laughs> and they would say to me, yeah, but because we're friends. They'd actually say it, Aww. and I go, well, we're not that much friends, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Uh, say, we're friends like that, right? So I remember this one time I was supposed to, and I, and I did like all those guys. I enjoyed hanging out with those club people, but I was in Virginia Beach, uh, and I had specifically said, had to have a hotel. No more of this apartment stuff. So they picked me up at the airport, and we're driving and driving, and, and this is before cell phones. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you go away from where you live, you know, the phone it becomes a big part of your life mm-hmm. because it's the only way you stay in touch with your business mm-hmm. and, and, you know, your life at home. So I, I was they, I, expecting to go to a hotel at this Virginia Beach job, and a couple of the club guys picked me up. And they're driving me, and I notice it's sort of getting more and more non-commercial where the car is going. And, uh, by God, we pull up at a apartment, and we go into the apartment. And I thought, okay, I'll just live with it, right? It's not the end of the world, I'll just live with it. And then they say to me, I said, well, I have to make a phone call, and they go, yeah, we don't have a phone. They said, you know, the other acts kept um, running up bills and not paying them, so we don't have a phone. And I swear this is a true story, I just looked at this guy, and I turned, I was standing on the staircase to go up some stairs, and I turned and I smashed my head into the wall. And the guy goes, Okay, we do have a phone. <laughs> <laughs> he just forgot. He just forgot. Now they hit it. They unplugged it and hit it. Oh, and so they said, God. They go, Okay, we trust you. So you can use it. Because back then, what you had to do was you had to use your credit card number and put it on your credit card number. But if you just dialed it direct, Then it got charged to their phone. And so they, you know, but I always use my credit card. So they go, okay, you can use the phone. It was like in some drawer somewhere. And they go, but don't tell anybody else there's a phone. So like partway through the week, right, I'm up in my room talking on the phone. And the, you know, the middle of the MC or downstairs in the living room hearing me talk. Who the hell did they think I was talking to? (laughs) So finally they just go, there's
0: a phone up here if you want it. (laughs) Oh, my God.
1: So yeah, those apartments were terrible, terrible.
0: Okay, so when does it start becoming TV for you? What, what was the beginning for you for television? I think I had a week where I did
1: Letterman and um, Saturday Night Live. I, was a, I just did stand-up on Saturday Night Live. Robin uh, Williams was the host, and he kindly brought me on and introduced me and had Okay, me so stand up on Saturday. Night Live. What I was that? I think like? I did letterman the night before. You know, I don't think I was very good in either one. It was it was so much pressure. It was so much about what I was going to wear and and my hair and and things that I had not really considered very much before, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean I wore clothes that I considered performing clothes, but for these things like, you know, my manager's wife took me out to buy me new clothes and you know, by the time I got there, I think I was just so like it was it was really stressful, um, uh, you know. I don't think anybody goes, "Boy, so you on Saturday Night Live," uh, you know, and that was when your career took off. Um, but it was it was so sweet of Robin to have to have But done did it. that change? Th- I mean, because it must have changed things. And, you know, the thing is, when I was growing up, if you watched somebody on the Tonight, there were three television channels. Right. If you watched somebody on the Tonight Show, mm-hmm. um, you know, or somebody did a Tonight Show set. By God, the next day they were famous. Right. You know that yeah. was that was that. By this time, these shows were not kingmakers in the way that they had once been. Um, you know, you'd have to sort of do stuff over and over again a little bit. And so, you know, I, I, you know it was exciting and fun and great bragging rights. Um, but I don't know that it brought so much as one more person through the door to clubs to see me. So what? What did you know? It was just time. It, it, it was it was like the Grand Canyon. It was years of wind and sand. It was years of doing it and doing it again and doing it. Um, I now have an audience that, where people come up to me and they say, um, let, me get, let me think of it. I was just in Santa Fe mm-hmm. uh, last weekend maybe or something. And uh, people come up to me and they say, we see, we've seen you in five different cities. You know, I have mm-hmm. people that return to see me. Seen, they say, uh, of all things, I did a, um, I think I did HBO specials and those repeated. Right. And so that made a big difference. Right. And it was just me. And that made a big difference mm-hmm. as opposed to the cavalcade of, of, of comics mm-hmm. um, or a show with a bunch of, you know, the writer and the actor and the this and now here's a comic. So I think that made a big difference. And the other thing about the HBO experience was, um, you know, the technology has changed, as, as you can see, where um, there's a lot of things that you could do that you really, you couldn't televise before. They were just hard... I don't mean material-wise, I just mean, um, for example, the way I work the crowd. Um, so when I got this one HBO special, it was like the first hour that I had that was just me. Before that, I was on the Young Comedian special, and I was on... Uh, 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 Cable Ace
0: Award winner, uh, and yes, yeah, so he yeah, won
1: yeah. awards for this stuff. But, I was, uh, but it, was, it, it was always you know me and some other people. So uh-huh. the first time I got a thing where it was just me, an hour-long HBO special... Um, My manager at the time, he says to me, okay, well, you know, HBO, they they don't want you to talk to the audience because they say they can't film it well. And I'm like, well, okay, why would you hire me and then have me not do what I do? So I insisted that they try Uh to make this work on television. It was a big deal at the time. They mic'd the audience with these like overhead kind of hanging mics. And then they had a guy with a boom mic, or, or maybe two guys with a boom mic, whose job it was, when I picked somebody out of the crowd, their job was to haul ass over to where that person was and hang that mic just out of the screen mm-hmm. so, that they, uh, so the viewing audience could hear them but not see the microphone in, in, the, in the shot. And uh, um, it, that was really the first time they had done that. That was a big deal at the time, wow, and it worked great. I mean it worked you know it worked really well and i and I was sort of more comfortable doing what i was doing and i don't think I don't think anybody asked me about what I was wearing, and that was helpful too. I used to have this manager I'd go to New York, I lived in San Francisco at the time, or sometime in l a and uh I'd I'd go to New York to do Letterman, which I did I don't know how many times, but a lot somewhere in the mm-hmm. this time, somewhere in the double I don't I don't know how many times, but a lot. And uh, he'd he'd call me up on the day that I'm working, uh, 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 that I was going out to do to do Letterman. He'd say, "What are you gonna wear?" Like, okay, first of all, the rest of my clothes are in Los Angeles. I'm not going out and buying anything right now, and you don't know all my clothes. It like, it's, such a silly, <laughs> it's such a silly question, you know. It was there was just no point <coughs> to it, other than making me feel uncomfortable. Uncomfortable, right? And you know that's. I mean, the key to the whole thing is again that relationship with the audience, which requires comfort. You need to. I worked one time with a guy. What the heck was his name? Larry. I'll think of it when I don't need it. Starts with a P.
0: Okay. Once, so <laughs> so Uh, do mm -hmm. you not plan what you're going to wear is the clothes that you're going to wear on stage not important anymore has it finally gotten not important oh no it is important you still think about it I
1: do think about it but I you know I guess back then I was always being told it was the wrong thing Mm -hmm. I think that was part of the problem I actually had a manager I swear to god it was this guy he was an idiot and uh he would, I, you know, I had a hairbrush in my bag, and I can't remember, like Caroline's in Europe. I was about to go on, and he goes in my bag, and he takes out my brush, and he goes, don't you want to brush your hair? Like, like oh, what an awful oh, thing for, like, this old that, guy like to say That's like Yeah, yeah, like, like I, I, actually, I don't. I go on, to this day, uh, I, I, I go on theaters all the time. I wash my, I take a shower just before I go to work, and when I go on stage, my hair's wet. Uh, somebody said once I look like I slept in a ditch overnight that's fine I don't care I I like it flat anyway and then what happens is as the night goes on it sort of puffs up I always tell the audience it's like a sundial you know When, when my shadow is this big it means the show is over I just, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't like somebody nettling me about that sort of thing, you know. And the question, um, do, don't you want to brush your hair, is like an old white guy's way of saying, I would like you to brush your hair. <laughs> Although I must say that my my manager I have now has a tendency to phrase things the same way. this very odd, manipulative, like...
0: To it's, it's me, it sounds like a Jewish mother, is yeah. what it sounds like to my me. My manager, like,
1: she, she'll say... Um, She'll, you know, I don't know, we were someplace the other day uh, to record something, and she says something to the effect of, um, does anyone think it's hot in here? <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I actually said, are you trying to say that you <laughs> think it's hot in here? God. Yeah. Um, so, Paula, so are you at a place now where, okay, so you still think about the clothes, of course, you think about the clothes. I, but plus,
1: I, I love the clothes I wear now. Uh, I I wear um I wear mostly, not always, but mostly, um kind of zoot suit suits mm-hmm. that are very colorful that I have um, uh helped design oh, and nice. chosen the fabric for and have made for me. And oh. I don't always do that, but uh but often I have a nice cadre of them. And um they are somewhat unique and mm-hmm. no one else is you know, I, I, people always say to me, "Where do you get your suits?" And uh, and I go, "Well, you know, we're not gonna we're we're not gonna show up someplace both wearing it.
0: It's <laughs> uh, not gonna be the Paula Poundstone line at Macy's." And you know,
1: my no, there isn't. My, my 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 boss at Wait Wait Don't Tell Me, Peter Sagel, <coughs> loves to make fun of what I wear, and uh, and it's fine. But uh, one time they had a. Um, the not my job guest
0: on that show. They, there's a section of Paul, that, by the way, told me that he got fired from the show. He was no. like, yeah, they let him go. Did, didn't you tell I us about that, that? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, he hasn't been on in a while. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, you know, the, 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 they rotate
1: who's mm. on. I never, you know, it's always a surprise when I'm on. Um, but one time we had, a, we had a guest that was a um, fashion expert and uh, had a fashion show on television. And Peter turns to me to make fun of me about what I'm wearing, and he does it in a good, hearted way, it's not mean. But he said something about what I'm wearing, and the fashion guy goes, oh no. He said, Paul Poundstone is a fashion icon. Which love I, it. I don't. Think, I, I am not a fashion icon, but it was so sweet of him to say. I said, "Oh my god!" I go, "Will you call my
0: kids?" Because <laughs> they're always telling me I wear the wrong thing. Oh well, that yeah. just goes without saying. Yeah. Is is anything right about anything that you do? Not so kids? far.
1: And, and, and I, I, actually, my children are all young adults now, and so they're all now in that phase where everything was bad. Right, everything of their childhood. Yeah, yeah. I said to my son the other day. I said, "It's a little bit like you're, you know, like you're, you're, you're doing to life what we do when we sift the litter box, right? Which is, you know, you you take a big scoop and then you sift it out till all the good stuff goes away and you just got shit in your hand." But, you know, I said I ha- I think because I have some photographs that there were, there was a handful of happy times.
0: Oh God, They're yeah. processing they're processing. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm, I'm thinking so we've famous. been like talking all night. No, so we talked all Okay, night. so Paul, <clears throat> so the, the purpose of this show is <clears throat> is for people to also to diagnose illnesses. <laughs> and I, I think it's been there's so probably much a few doctors on who'll will, will tell us. So if you had to give any suggestions or I don't want to say advice, any tools that you can share about what's made your path work for you that what what you've learned that you can share that or where you are now as opposed to where you were and and it sounds like connection with the audience being comfortable in your skin
1: yeah and you know when i first started out and and this i I have a love hate with this period of uh, of my career which is you know i used to hang around with all these comics uh in san francisco in particular and we weren't really the working comics. We were the open micner, micers. Mm-hmm. We would occasionally get an MC job. Like we might have one. We might have one paid job a month at mm-hmm. that point. And, and you know, then we hung out during the day. M- most of us had day jobs. And uh, you know, but on the weekend, we, you know, get together, go to lunch or whatever. And after open mic nights, we all go out to this you know, Denny's sort of place and stay up all night. And and um, much of that was really, really, really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was some of it. First of all, in San Francisco, we did this. We were always talking about the people sold out by going to L.A. And, of course, secretly, every one of us was <laughs> dying to sell out. To go to, we didn't have anything anybody wanted to buy. We couldn't, we couldn't sell out because nobody was buying what we had to sell to go to L.A. Um, but there was a feeling at a certain point that I had that because I was just sort of hanging around talking about working all the mm-hmm. time, I wasn't really... Working all the time. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It was like just... And I haven't... Okay, not that I think I'm Van Gogh. This is not the point of the story. But after I had already moved through that particular phase and I would really decided that I wasn't going to just hang around with these guys as much, um, that I was going to focus more on the work itself, Mm -hmm. um, I happened to read Lust for Life, which is uh, the Irving Stone uh, uh, biography of Van Gogh. And Van Gogh and I actually probably had a similar uh, dawning, which is... He went to Paris uh, uh, w- during the Impressionist uh, period, and they used to sit around these cafes drinking and talking about art all the time. And one day it dawned on Van Gogh that if he's sitting around talking about it, he's not doing it. Mm-hmm. And so he sort of extricated himself, and and you know I don't know, you know I don't know, just, you know went mad. Uh, but I but, so I I do think that the actual. The actual work is, is important. Um, the other thing, people used to, uh, uh, you know, uh, there were, uh, other guys would get work before me. You know, a lot of guys would get work before me. And I'd look at those acts and I'd think, Jesus, I'm as good as that guy or better. And, uh, or another woman. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't mean a gender thing. Uh-huh. I just mean somebody. Right. You know, and I was thinking, oh, my God, you know, I'm, I'm that good. Well, I, I, I don't get it. You know, or I'm, I, I'm better than they are. And then one time it occurred to me that I am not in charge of hiring me. Mm -hmm. I'm only in charge of what I do. And so what I decided to do Mm -hmm. was instead of, you know, sitting around, you know, bitterly talking about what I didn't get, I would just put all my effort into the work itself. You know what I mean? So what what does does that look like for you? Uh,
0: Reading. Reading. It sounds like you read a lot.
1: Um, uh, I don't read. I, I'm a very slow reader, so uh, it, you know, it, I can read a current event. And by the time I'm done with it, it's history. <laughs> um, I'm a very slow reader. Um, it, it, it's 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 reading. It's having other experiences. It's filling yourself with enough um, enough experiences and things that uh, I, I'm a big letter writer. Mm-hmm. I think that's always helped me. I don't. Do you use your hand? Yeah, you write. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I always was, mm-hmm. and I really do think that there's some It's not like I was trying material out on people, but just the process of you know going through life and having things happen and writing about it. And I I loved writing letters because I loved receiving letters, mm-hmm. and so just those those things, just keeping those sort of creative uh, processes going. Um, certainly, you know, working on material, writing material, doing those open mic nights. Um, is it still are-
0: like having an idea and just jotting it down and oh, not, yeah, yeah, it, not writing? You yeah. not writing all the things. No, just, I don't. No, generally,
1: yeah. write the thing mm-hmm. out, but mm-hmm. I do. You know, and if there's times where a lot, of, you know, now there's goofy, stupid Twitter, mm-hmm. and so it's, you know, it's on some level, Twitter is a, you know, a hole in the ground that you throw jokes into. <laughs> but um, it's, it's a muscle. I think it is. you know, and what I especially we were talking
0: he, about that last week. One hundred and forty characters was really a good exercise in, in being succinct, right? And having to get it in. I guess, although it's not like every joke I've ever heard was in 140
1: characters. But I do think just sort of, th- just that, uh, you know, my I think during the day, I have a Roomba going around my brain. You know, just, it's just this thing. I, I don't do it consciously, but just somewhere in my head, there's a machine going around, like, you know, kind of looking for... Um you know what's the funny part of this, or what's the funny part of that and again it's a it's a way of thinking and a and 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 sort of a habit so that's you know that's part of it. I always tell people when they ask um to do what's in their heart mm-hmm. because it, it, it's not likely going to be duplicated exactly by someone else mm-hmm. that's one reason. Um, and uh, and you just sort of got to trust yourself, you, you know. Um, probably in everything. I should. I, I mean, I wish, as a parent, I had trusted myself more, you know. I, sometimes I would, you know, I would sort of listen to something that some therapist said or some teacher said, and I would mm-hmm. always think, well, you know, yeah, yeah, they must know, and I don't know. Mm-hmm. And yet the truth is, I knew my kids better than anybody else, mm-hmm. and I probably did know. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and I I think the same can be said of this. Um, and again, for me, anyways, it is a relationship with the audience that 's the difference between you know i 'm sure when you perform music, like if I was a good drummer i 'm um, sure that when you go there's on you perform to perform to an audience you mm-hmm. are uh, um, you are inspired by their reaction. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, as a musician, you can get no reaction at all and still do your whole thing as a comic, you just can 't do that you mm-hmm. know you have to if there 's no kind of feedback from the crowd then <laughs> that 's called bombing.
0: So is there so okay so st- is there still a dream of being that comic actress of, oh, of having that happen for you?
1: Yes. At the very least what I would like to see happen is for them to take the movie Bridesmaids and just edit me into it. <laughs> my kids <laughs> even, know every word. Even, to even that if movie. I'm just like a person sitting in the background, you know. <laughs> oh my god. It is, you know, I so didn't want to like that movie. I really didn't. I thought my, my impression of the sort of genre mm-hmm. of it was that it's gross, uh, it's sophomoric. I really just had no, I was jealous of the other performers. My daughters wanted to go see it. I'm like, I was, you know, I didn't even want to tell them that I felt jealous, but that was the honest feeling that I was having, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because mm-hmm. these guys are sort of living this thing that I would like to do. And so I was really prepared to, to not like it. Like I'm somehow above this sophomore humor. And in some ways that made it even better because I, I I laughed reluctantly. Mm -hmm. I laughed like eventually just the wall would come down. You know (laughs) what I mean? Like I just couldn't help myself anymore. And it was, it it was table, it was pee your pants funny. And, And it was one thing on top of the other, on top of the other. And then also just like I love the scene where she makes the cupcake. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. It was, I dude, do. it was beautiful. It was beautiful. It was this idea that you take, like s- this thing, this skill that she had, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that is, you know, it's just so, so, beautiful. I, I don't know. Like if somebody should set to music me sifting the litter boxes because
0: <laughs> it's very similar. <laughs> so are you pursue? Uh, so are you gonna pursue this this? Oh, I don't know. Maybe. Sometime.
1: Actually, in recent years, I've sort of gotten caught up in, 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 in writing, and that's, mm-hmm. that's taken up a lot of time. And I'm, I'm hoping, um, I'm sort of... Are you writing another book? I'm, t- I'm, t- I'm toying with a, a novel in, in my head. Um, but I don't, you know, it's not a skill that I, I have, and so it's something I'll have to work hard at. And right now, I'm just sort of moving ideas around in my head for it. But um, we'll see.
0: But the totally unscientific study of the search for human happiness is coming out in paperback in, like, two weeks. And Paula will be at Women Who Write on um, May 29th with her book. And uh, you are. Okay. Yeah. And um, thank you so much for doing this, Paula. Well, thanks.
1: It's been so much fun. Ask her again if it's working. Uh, Louise, is it working? <laughs> Louise. Nope.
0: <laughs> we'll see you next week. Thanks so much, Paula. Oh, thanks. It was so much fun. Bye.